Hi, my name is Flavio Casoy. I'm a psychiatry resident at UCSF, and I work at um, the, the University Hospital at UCSF. I work at the County Hospital, San Francisco General Hospital, and I work at the VA Medical Center here in San Francisco. And the topic that I wanted to talk to you about tonight is the psychiatry emergency room, uh, which is a fascinating place where very interesting things happen and, and things that are usually way outside the scope of most people. There's a lot of places in psychiatry where these things happen, but I, I chose the psychiatry emergency room versus, say, um, an inpatient locked unit or a forensic jail unit because a lot of us potentially could come, uh, you know, God forbid, in contact with the psych emergency room if, you know, if you have a friend who, um, you know, has a crisis and uh, loses, loses sight of what is possible in the future, becomes suicidal, or uh, someone does uh, bad pot and becomes paranoid or psychotic and need to be brought in to stabilize. So it's potential that anyone, anywhere, at any time could need the services of a psychiatry emergency room. Um, and, uh, you know, and also I wanted to pick a topic to really combat the stigma against mental illness. Um, psychiatry, emergency room, and a lot of sort of these sites in psychiatry are places that are very safe for people who are very self-destructive or maybe destructive towards others, uh, or maybe kind of disorganized, uh, psychotic, in a way they can't take care of themselves, can come in, be stabilized, we take care of them, we make sure nothing happens to them. Um, so just in a, in a quick minute, um, when you come to San Francisco General Hospital, which is the only hospital in the city that has a psychiatry emergency room. There's a dedicated emergency room just for psychiatric patients. There's nothing sharp in there. All the furniture is very heavy. Um, all, there's no glass, it's all plexiglass. Um, all the staff is very well trained. Um, you come in, there's, there's a very heavy door um, that you press the button. Um, usually your, your family or your you know, your parents or your friends or the police or the mobile crisis team will push the button, bring you in, then you'll be in between these two thick doors. There's a window there with uh, a very strict nurse who makes sure that you really do have to come in. Most of our patients are there against their will, uh, brought in by the police uh, or their families. Um, so then you come in, you get to the second door and immediately we take your blood pressure. We wanna make sure that what you have is due to a psychiatric problem and not something else, like a stroke, God forbid, that would require you to go across the hall to the medical emergency room. So you would take your vitals, make sure that you're okay. Um, on, on one wall, there's four seclusion rooms that patients who are very agitated, uh, who may, may need a decreased stimulation or are so self-destructive they need to be uh, restrained with uh, what we call soft buckle restraints are held to their beds. Um, and then the other side of that wall, there's a big desk with a tall plexiglass where the staff sits behind. Uh, we have a lot of computers. We monitor everything. Everything is visible. Um, to the side, there's a, 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 man, uh, a guy's um, kind of day room with like lots of beds and chairs where people kind of mill around, mostly sleeping off their bad highs or um, you know sleeping off the meds we gave them because they were agitated. Uh, or waiting for us to find placement for them or be admitted up to the floor. There's a, uh, also there's a, a women's side, so we don't, we don't join men and women together because 
there's a high prevalence of sexual assaults in this population, so we try to keep the situation safe. And you then mean, the, you mean sexual assault between the people in the no 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 previous oh, history of sexual okay. assault. Okay. So we don't we try not to keep women and men together because it could be threatening for the women. Um, and then there's uh, lots of uh, interview rooms with lots of windows that are soundproof that we can all look in to make sure that everything's safe inside. Um, it's a very safe space. Anytime anyone speaks, let's say, for example, my tone of voice right now, there's about 10 staff that goes to see what's happening to make sure that everything is okay. Um, if anyone does get agitated, it's very easy to put them in a um, quiet room, a seclusion room. Oftentimes the door is open, sometimes we lock the doors. Um, and if it comes to it, we restrain people chemically, usually with uh, as low dose as possible of palperidol or lorazepam or um, all in all, it's, uh, it's very interesting. There's some very interesting things that go on. And can you tell us about one thing that, that went on, like a specific thing, like a piece of the story about uh, a A specific thing. Um, I think the most interesting thing that I saw in the day room was we had a law student, third year law student, who got really stressed with his exams um, and had a, a slight bipolar break, became manic, and a very strong guy, very articulate. Um, one of probably the most articulate patient I've ever seen. He took off all his clothes, and when we tried to like tell him to put his clothes back on, he gave excellent arguments <laughs> of why he didn't need to wear his clothes. And like he basically, I mean, there was the only way we could really keep him from you know exposing himself was putting him in a quiet room because uh, he ran words around us. I mean, we're pretty good with words as psychiatrists, but not not to his level. So what does it take to make someone better who's coming as a, a patient? Two thirds of, oh yes, yes, sorry. So the question is, what does it take to get someone better? Well, everyone's in, an individual, everyone's different. Two thirds of our patients, well, a third of our patients are, you know, come in high, um, bad trip. They get really paranoid or really scared or really sick. So they sleep it off. We make sure their vitals are stable, that they're hydrated. Um, and they leave when they're sober and they can go and use again or not use again. Um, we try to connect them with substance abuse programs, but it's optional. Um, in, this in the state of California, you cannot force substance abuse programs on people. Um, a third of the people get admitted because we couldn't stabilize them in the emergency room. So they get further stabilization in one of the inpatient units. And a third of the people, um, you know, depending what they have, we, we send them to diversion units where it's an open, like it's a psychiatry unit, but it's not locked, so they can sleep there, but leave during the day. Um, if they're like really suicidal or really depressed, there's social workers there. Um, we set people up with case management to make sure that they're safe at home, that they have homes, set them up with housing, uh, depending what their issue is. Um, if they miss their meds, we put them back on their meds, we give them meds, give them refills, call the pharmacy. Do you have regulars that you all know? Yes. Yes, there's many yeah. frequent flyers. When you yeah. say give social workers there, are those people working with patients or the social workers are the patients? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, I think that question is more apropos for the long-time veteran staff of the psychiatric emergency room. Sometimes I think they, are, they require more meds than the patients, but that's not something I say. <laughs> what, what would be like a really big success for you in the, in the emergency room? Like what would be a successful treatment? I mean, uh, there's 
almost all the patients we have successful treatment. I mean, we stabilize them and they're either good enough to go or they come in. Um, Is there ever like a longer term success, like a success that's beyond just well, the not day in, that they I mean, arrive? The emergency room, we see them max up to 23 hours. You know, so, and psychiatric illnesses are long term. You know, so, um, yeah, I've had some people say, I'm never touching that drug again. I think that's pretty successful. Or, I'm done with this, get me to rehab right now. I'll go from here to rehab. Like, that's pretty good. Um, how, many, how many people would you say, what's the percentage of people who come in there and against their will and then say, they, everybody was right, I'm going to go with um, About a third thank us when they leave. Like they're pounding at the door when they, you know, I get to get out when they come in, but when they leave, they thank us. I mean, it's, to be psychotic or to be manic, I don't know if anyone has experienced, you know, don't raise your hands. It's a very <laughs> uncomfortable, it's a very uncomfortable feeling. I mean, your, your sense of self is falling apart. Like you're bleeding into everything and everything is bleeding into you. You get the sense that you're being annihilated. Um, and and you're, you're terrified and you want to run away. And then, you know, we can contain you. And you, you regain that sense of self and it, it really, uh, you see the, the tension ease out of people. Um, antipsychotics is a wonderful thing. Antipsychotic drugs. Yeah. And are there, are there hospitals like this in emergency rooms in other states, or is this just here? Like this, the only other one like this is in New York City at Bellevue Hospital. Okay. Yeah. Um, at, at this scope, who sees this number of patients. I think it's, no, I think it's because this country has scrapped its um, public hospitals. Yeah. Like, there's not that many public hospitals left. I mean, there's none in Philly, there's none in D.C. Like, the major, Chicago has one, but I don't think they have a dedicated psychiatric emergency room. Um, that's so, okay. So if you're, like, losing it in one of those cities, what do you do? You walk in. You go to any ER. Any ER can handle any psychiatric problem, but not as well as a psychiatric ER. So, if you have a family and you're falling apart, um, you can last way longer in the community than if you don't have a family. So automatically that creates a class issue. Um, and um, if you have insurance and we can find a bed for you in a, a, a private pay hospital, we will. We won't admit you to one of, we have so few beds. If we can get you a bed somewhere else, we'll get you a bed somewhere else. We'll keep you safe, but we'll try to get you out by ambulance as soon as possible. Um, and we really try to preserve our beds for people who can't afford anywhere else. So we'll send you to, I don't know, um, Sutter or UCSF or, if you're a vet, you don't stay very long with us. We'll send you to the VA, because the VA has its own system. How, how much? How, how much do you bring home with you? From the ED, not that much. But from the psyche emergency room, not that much. Because I see the patients for so little. Um, from the units, more. And my outpatients, a lot more. I mean, as the more I get to know the person, the more I bring home with me. This is not the only thing you're doing. 
No. Other patients. Yeah. So this, is this is a piece of what I do. Yeah. Do you have a question? Oh, how many events do you see? Uh, um, I personally have sent maybe six people to the VA. So, and I think that I may be there like 3% of the time of a month. Now you can calculate that. But I think um, people come in more at around the time that SSI comes out. They, they get the money and do the drugs. So we are busier then. So vets come in more then. Um, so, yeah. Are there, are there criteria for admissions? Yes, it's strict. So like, I mean, so the emergency room is less strict. Um, we have um, capacity for 15. We'll take up to 25. If we're 15, we're conditioned red. Um, and then only people who are brought in by the police come in. So, what are the criteria? So, I'll get there. So, um, <laughs> if, if we don't have beds, we don't have beds. You know, and, and we've turned away people who've then gone to the Golden Gate Bridge. And that's terrible. It's terrible. But, you know, we're full. Um, to get admitted to the units, you have to be suicidal, actively suicidal, actively homicidal, or so disabled that you can't feed yourself, clothe yourself, and or house yourself. And, and the criteria are pretty strict because once we admit someone, the inpatient psychiatrists you know, are brought before a judge twice a week to justify the hospitalization. How many people so. in San Francisco do you think meet that criteria every day? Very few. Uh, how often really? do you turn someone yeah. away? I mean, we turn away people all the time. I mean, if, if they can go, for example, to a psychiatric urgent care clinic, or if they can go to a drop-in clinic. As far as like, if you fill up space, though, how often does that happen? Uh, every other day. Really? Yeah. Do you fill up 25? Yeah. If 25 is a nightmare. I mean, there's there's patients hanging from the ceiling at 25. I mean, 15 is full. Yeah. 25 is hallways. Every, every other yeah. day? Yeah. yeah. We're conditioned red more than half the time. Um, so if you're the one who's like dealing with treating the patients, who is busy trying to figure out what to do with them when they get We No, we do. So the treatment is the, the psychotherapy part, like the very brief supportive psychotherapy, not long-term. The medication part and the discharge planning part. So. But are you like on the phone calling yeah. facilities? Yeah. Like yeah. Um, Especially, I mean, the, the, the most irritating thing I do is for the people with insurance when I have to get pre-authorization for the stupid insurance companies, where I talk to someone who does not have an undergraduate degree and I have to justify to them my clinical decisions. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> no, no kids. There's a whole separate system for kids. Um, there's in the children's hospital, which there's one at Parnassus and there's another one somewhere. There is a whole sort of child mental health system where the, the, the child psychiatrists see the, the kids. This is just adults. But last we, we, last do get ger we do get geriatrics, which is the other end but close to kids. So we have a, a close working relationship with the uh, jail psychiatric system. Um, 
and you know at this some of the time that I'm not at the emergency room I'm in the jail and I see a lot of the patients back and forth most of the time it's not how many times do our sort of psychiatric patients go to jail as how often do people once they come out of jail come to PS sometimes um, when the charges are dropped um, JPS the jail psych system they don't have the staff to decently place people in a safe way so they'll send them by police car to us so we do that which is the bone of contention but you know as long as people are safe it's okay and last question So quick thing, so big budget crunch in California and San Francisco. And one thing that's happening is massive cuts to the outpatient mental health system. Um, so what's gonna happen is the people who are now pretty stable with their outpatient therapist, outpatient social worker, outpatient psychiatrist, a lot of people are gonna lose that support. They're gonna start depending on the emergency room system. Um, that's very bad. Um, it's going to result in more deaths of patients and others that they may kill. Um, so it's really important that as citizens, we're really aware of the possible implications of these cuts. And if you're so minded, call your supervisor and say, you know, protect mental health budgets because it could impact any of us, you know, any of our family, any of your friends who may need the emergency room and may be full at the time. Uh, or if you're on the street at the wrong time and someone sort of has some sort of paranoid misperception of you, to be bad. Can I ask a clarifying question? You said call your supervisors. Um, so are we talking about the local? San Francisco. Okay. Yeah, San Francisco supervisors. Okay, but for state legislation? Okay, yeah, call them too. You know, we need state level mental health. I mean, they don't have a budget, you know, so who knows what they're going to do. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. But in the city, it's, it's been pretty disastrous this, this year. We've lost... Um, over half of our psychiatry beds total in the county. Emergency, acute, subacute. Are you here, um, are you at risk for a position? No. no. Yay. I mean, the, I mean while the, the county cuts, the VA can't hire people fast enough to take care of the beds. So, you know, they have lots of money there, but that's federal. So. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.